ladies and gentlemen and germs and individuals of all kind, welcome back to the Shea Station podcast, home of your 12 and 5 MLB leading and wins team, the New York Mets, who just won their fifth series of the year. Welcome, guys. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, 12 and 5. That's a good start, man. I'd say so. Looking at the, you're looking at the, the schedule to start the year. This is about where you would hope you won every series. Mm-hmm. You beat teams that you're supposed to beat. You took three out of four against the Giants. Um, that was a, a good start. So here we are today, the day of our Lord, Mister Jack Olive's birthday today. Wow. Happy birthday, Jolly! Exposing me on the pod, Jerry. Come yeah, <laughs> of course. Well, if you can see, we've got. Yeah, nice... I mean, they're in shot. We got Jerry. Got me some wonderful flowers because he's a romantic man, as we all know. They're beautiful. They're blue and orange and pink. All my favorite colors, right there. The office got me a nice little card. And I'm doing what I love on my birthday. I'm talking about sports with uh, my good friend Jerry, my producer, Audio Jack. It's all good things. So thank you for the That's birthday wishes. Where is, where's your sash? My sash? It's right here. It looks like I just graduated. Yeah. Well, or you just want a pageant. Class of age 23. 23 years old today. Yeah, we're the same age, Jerry. It's crazy. You're, you're, uh, you're now in your mid-20s. I'm getting old, dude. My back hurts sometimes now. <laughs> that never used to happen. Well, that's all that uh, concrete blitz ball that's going your way. <laughs> yeah, it's Let's get day. into it, my friend. Happy birthday to you, but this is about the New York Mets. Great present that the Mets gave me by beating the teams that they should beat. If you want to get into our little series recap here, before we do that, we got a couple of sponsors on today's episode because we're popping. Shea Station's popping in case you haven't heard. Love it. First one comes to us from our good friends that sponsored our Arizona house and all those PPPs that we did together. That is Tops and their new line of NFTs. The exciting news out of the digital collectibles world. Tops just announced this morning that they will be releasing the much anticipated 2022 Series 1 baseball NFT collection this Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern time exclusively on TopsNFTs.com. This highly anticipated release will also delight collectors, both young and old, with brand new products such as Stars of MLB Chrome, Generation Now, Ultra Short Print, Team Cube 2.0, and a special 1987 35th anniversary motion set. So, create a free Tops NFTs account in just four easy steps to make sure you're ready to go for the pack sale this Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. That's TopsNFTs.com. Thank you to them for sponsoring today's episode of Shea Station. I think we're good, Jerry. Uh, I thought we had two. I thought we had multiple. All right, we can't do them right back to back, man. I can't. I can't. Oh, well, I don't listeners. know how it works. I'm just. I'm just here. You're I'm all show. Part of this. I get it. I'm the business. You're the show. It makes perfect sense. You know. Well, yeah. I got to give the people what they want. All right, David Peterson taking the bump in Game One. He's been filling in for Taiwan Walker, who could be returning in a couple weeks. By the way, he made his first rehab start a couple days ago. Peterson looked great though, in what was probably his best start of the season, I'd say. Five and two-thirds innings pitched, one earned run, three hits, one walk, three strikeouts over 65 pitches. I personally thought maybe the Mets could have lengthened his string a little bit, gave some ease to the bullpen. Buck decided to go to the pen in the sixth inning there. The Mets had a 5-1 to lead in the seventh. Alonzo with two more RBIs in this game to push his total to 16 on the year. And James McCann, a guy we don't talk about too much on this pod because he hasn't been playing particularly well. He hit a 452 foot mammoth bomb for his first home run of the 2022 season. But our Mets 
They do this from time to time. They make the wins a little bit harder than they should be. Christian Walker hit a home run on a pretty good Trevor May pitch. Uh, inside fastball there, and he just turned on it, got his hands in. Nice little home run for him. He's been having a good year so far. That made it a 5-4 to four game. Edwin Diaz came in, looked lights out in the ninth inning for the first two batters. And then that pesky Dalton Varsho has been giving us some trouble. He hit a solo home run on another pretty good Edwin Diaz pitch. Kind of left that slider in the middle of the zone, though. Didn't have the same zip as it had in previous outings. They tied it at five in the ninth. Uh, after two ground outs to start the 10th, Starling Marte, speed kills. He beats that ground ball to bring in the go-ahead run. He was initially called out, but he knew he was safe. Did the headphone motion there to the dugout. And then Seth Lugo came in. Looked real good with that curveball. Finally had the drop that we've been waiting to see. He struck out a pair of guys and slammed the door in the 10th for a very important game one win, 6-5 to Metsies. That was good. You, you, uh, I wanted to highlight a couple of things. One, Zach Gallen, the starter for the Diamondbacks, looked incredible. Another, he looks healthy. Um, people forget how good he was a couple of years ago when he came on the scene. Injuries, but he looks really good. Um, I thought they pulled, Buck pulled Peterson a little bit early too. 65 pitches, but it was only three to one at the time. And you had Drew Smith ready and he gave up a bloop double. So you have a runner in scoring position. If he gives up a home run, he's not in the position to get him up, get the win. You have your guy ready. I don't, I don't mind the switch. I don't think it's the wrong call. I would have loved to have given him a chance to go further, but this is what you're prepared for. They were ready to go for this scenario. Uh, he was cruising. He looked really good. Um, and then our boy Drew Smith looked awesome too. So oh, yeah. I mean, like I love Drew and I believe in Drew. Uh, and at some point I do think I want to see Drew in higher leverage situations, like in that eighth inning spot, maybe. But uh, I am glad that the Mets used him where they did because things could have got really hairy really quick there. And then the Diamondbacks scored later on. So that might've been a loss in the first game and then a serious loss. So those are the kind of decisions that don't seem huge at the time, but they end up making huge ground by the end of the three game set. Yep. So that brings us to game two of this three-game set. Uh, the dud, if you will. Yeah. The bullpen game. Uh, Trevor Williams started, didn't look sharp, left some pitches down the middle. Um, just an overall kind of a dud of a game. The, the Diamondbacks scored three in the first three innings. You're down four, nothing. The Mets tried to scratch back a little bit in the fifth, gave up uh, another run in the sixth, ultimately went down five to two. Um, just an ugly game. There was a bright spot. It was a kid that came up for Peterson who they optioned down. His name is Adonis Medina. Put a little Medina in your glass. Everything's hey, good. How about that? Uh, he looked apart, man. He looked really good. He struck out the side in his one inning. Um, I'd never really heard of him before. I knew he was with the Phillies a little bit, uh, but I liked what I saw. Good four-pitch mix. This might be – I think there was talk on the broadcast of them moving him down and lengthening him out so he could be some more starting rotation depth. Um, with that pitch mix, I think it could be effective. So uh, I like what I saw there. Basically, the the only highlight of a rather dud of a game, you did have uh, a McNeil hustle triple. Dom Smith hit a double. Um, but overall, just just a bad game, and the Mets lose 5-2. to two. Yeah, I mean, Dom's first extra base hit of the year, so that monkey's off his back. Good for him. Got the start in this game. Mets bullpen was really good. Sean Reed Foley is looking a lot better, which is nice. He had two shutout innings in this game. Him, Otto, Joelli, who's also looking better, and then Medina. They go six innings, one earned run, seven oh. Ks there. 
And Sergio Alcantara, their third baseman, uh, ended the game on maybe the best play I've seen all year. Uh, J.D. Davis smashed a ball down the line, and he made this diving play that came up, and I was like, oh, it's going to be close. No, he hosed it across, like, legit made an amazing play to end the game. And so it was kind of just like, thank you for just putting us out of our misery. Uh, It's over, so. Yeah, I mean, this was a, you know, it's been a next fan up kind of year for the Mets, like everyone doing their part and contributing, but there are just going to be games where your guys don't come through. Uh, Alonzo went 0 for 4 with two Ks. He left four guys on. Nimmo goes 0 for 3 with the walk. He leaves three guys on. I mean, if you get hits in those scenarios, it's a whole different ball game. Maybe you sweep. Uh, but the the important thing for this Mets team was to shake it off, pick it up in game three, and go out and win the series against the team that you should be beating and that's exactly what they did. Game three, Mets win this one 6-2. Tyler McGill, my boy, my favorite, my guy. He dazzles again, his fourth great start of the year. Kind of had a shaky go in San Francisco, but I was really impressed with those last three innings last outing. This game, he looked like he was fully in control through and through. Six and two-thirds innings, two earned runs, five hits, one walk, seven strikeouts. He's still not walking anybody, really. Tyler McGill, he's just pounding the zone. It's been really cool to see he lowers his ERA to 2.35 through four starts. The Mets offense, I mean, I think Mad Bum just kind of cursed us ever since 2016. We just cannot hit him whenever we face him, regardless of the stage. or the He's pretty good. He's career. pretty good. He's pretty good from what I hear. From what I've researched, you know, he's kind of a sleeper candidate there. Um, Starling Marte, who just had kind of a great series against his old team here. He stole third. Kind of a questionable call. Not really a spot where you'd normally steal third, but then... The throw goes into left field, and he takes home, so speed kills and gets us a 2-1 to one lead. Uh, Mets grab runs on a bases-loaded walk and a hit-by-pitch. You know, you take what you can get in that scenario. Didn't get the big bases-loaded hit, but the Diamondbacks kind of helped us out there. Lindor, Guillaume, and J.D. all collect two hits, and J.D. hits his first home run of the year, so good for J.D., who's been trying to get, you know, some playing time here and there. And then two guys that I had my eye on this series who did really well are Seth Lugo and Joely Rodriguez. They go two and a third scoreless to seal this one up. Uh, Joely has four consecutive scoreless appearances, so good for him on bouncing back. Mets win this one 62. They take the series and improve to 12-5 and five on the year. Very good stuff. That was a good one. I really liked the the last game, uh, obviously going against Mad Bum, who's a Mets killer. Uh, I still flash back to the, the last time I was in the playoffs. Well, besides the Braves, I didn't count because I was not on the roster. But the 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 play-in game, the, the wildcard game, and he – Syndergaard pitched a gym, uh, but so did he. And he pitched a CG, like three hit, four hitter, something like that. But, um, crazy. Got a series win, man. And you got it on the West Coast. Come home. Um, where Where's their next games? Are they back home now? So now they go to St. Louis. For the oh, they're set. in St. Louis. So they're on their way back. They turned around. They're making their, their skips back. Um, but this is a must win series. And they did it. This is an inferior team we talked about. Um, I want to note overall. The Dalton Varsho, the the center fielder slash catcher, I like him as a player. I think he's a good one. Um, Alcantara made some nice plays too. He looked okay in the field. Made an error in the last game, but he still looks pretty solid. That was the the big. So also that that stolen base that Marte had. It didn't only just you know Alcantara at third. It didn't just rush the throw from the catcher. He kind of rushed the tag to put it on there, and that's what what caused him. Uh, but. And it's just yeah. a whole another element to these Mets that we just we haven't seen since like Jose Reyes. It's been really nice uh, to see. They have twelve stolen bases now as a team, third in MLB. Pretty good. 
So is that our, our segue here into the apple of our eye for this series? Oh, I am down. Jack, you got the sounds ready for apple of our eye? Do it. That's lovely. <laughs> I like it. It's absolutely lovely. Jerry, I'm going to let you go first. No, it's I... your birthday, my man. Oh, it's your birthday. You lead the way, my friend. All right, all right. Who caught the apple of my eye? There are a couple... You know, the offense, it was a, a next man up kind of series for them, as always. So not a, not a ton of, like, huge standout performances. Some good starting pitching, as always, from our Mets. I think I'm going to give it to Starling Marte. The numbers aren't insane. You know, he goes four for 12, two RBIs, two runs, a stolen base, and a walk. But I think he needed this kind of series. Marte's production has been kind of inconsistent. He had a couple big hits, you know, a couple big stolen bases. But I think that, you know... That stolen base versus the Giants that kind of killed the rally in game three of that set. That, I think, probably lingered for him a little bit. And I think, you know, his main weapon, as we all know, is speed and that cannon of an army as in right field. And I think that, you know, facing your old team, even if you didn't spend too much time with them, like Marte wasn't, you know, a huge Arizona mainstay, there is sort of that chip on your shoulder. Like, you know, you want to beat them and show them what they're missing. And Marte had his first real, I think, good, solid, all-around series of the year. He played in all three games, didn't have to ride the bench at all. Um... Mets haven't been batting him leadoff a ton, which surprised me at first. And now I think I'm kind of understanding it because Marte is the kind of guy where I think you can shift him around the lineup. We've been seeing him mostly in the two hole uh, behind Nimmo uh, in this final game here. He gets his OPS up to 700 batting average up to 255. Those are solid numbers. And, you know, he's just been, he's just been in the center of a lot of Mets rallies. Like he was uh, involved in that bases loaded inning. He uh, stole the run in the last game as well. So Starling Marte, you know, he's firing on all cylinders. He's going to gear up and continue to improve for this team, but uh, he's going to get the apple of my eye if we can get a round of applause for him, of course. Beautiful. He's my guy. Well, here we are. I was thinking I got Tyler McGill, who pitched great. I was thinking about Peterson, who also looked spectacular. Got pulled a little early um, with that two-out uh, bloop in the sixth. Um, then Francisco Lindor that we've been kind of overlooking in general for this kind of award, but he's just been that steady presence. Yep. But I too chose Starling Marte as the, the apple double. of my eye. The double. Wow. The first I ever two-time winner. I just winner. loved what he's bringing to the table and he isn't at a hundred percent yet. He went two for four in the first game. He had a, he had, I feel like he's a two out RBI machine. Yeah. So he had two of those in the whole series. He had an RBI, two out RBI hit by pitch. <laughs> you <laughs> don't see this. that. You know, he's, he's, I think Gary Apple mentioned it and he used the word disruptor. He is a disruptor, mm, um, like plays that. a stellar outfield. He just, for an overall series win, I felt like he was a presence in everything positive for the Mets. He didn't do anything crazy. Didn't have like a three homer game. Didn't throw a CG shutout. You know what I mean? But this is what we wanted Speed doesn't slump. He isn't in it. You talked about his OPS being pretty low. Mm -hmm. It's coming. He had a nice little double. Um, he'll be fine. And this is, I think, a coming out party, hopefully, for him um, to just feel comfortable and to do some things that are special. Because even when he's not great, you see what he's bringing to the table. So I wanted to highlight it. I figured you wouldn't go this route. So I was like, ooh, I'll get we'll get to talk about Starling Marte, but I'll take it. Both of us for the apple of our eyes. I'm cool with doubling up. And you mentioned that two out RBI thing. How about this on the year so far, you know, small sample size only played 17 games. Starling Marte is five for eight with four runs, a homer and nine RBIs with two outs and runners in scoring position. So Marte is the kind of guy that like 
kind of makes sense for the middle of the lineup right now, even though that's not really conventionally what appeals to his skill set. He's been really clutch for the Mets when he's been that's given those clutch opportunities. Yeah. That's a real thing, man, being clutch, being being able to slow the game down. Uh, I said apple of our eyes. I think it's apples of our eye. That's the kind of thing that would bother me. Two apples, two eyes instead of one apple, one eye, one shared Apples eye. of our eye could be solo eye. We're already having issues with this segment. We should just stop it. We'll figure it out. We're still, we're still learning. That's my brain though. That's where I go. And our brains are similar. We always agree. So naturally our second (laughs) segment of this ever, we're agreeing and picking the same guy. Cause that's just how we roll on chase station. So this is the ultimate end for their road trip. Correct. Uh, I believe so. I mean, we still have the three games in St. Louis. We're going to talk to you guys uh, through some probables there, Uh, but the Mets, Cleaned it up against the team they should beat. They go six for 21 with runners in scoring position, five two out RBIs as a team. And if you want to talk about some MLB ranks, because now the sample size is growing. We're like almost done with April. And I think that you can start to buy in to some of these stats. One thing that I really love about this Mets lineup, other than, you know, the next man up thing, which I keep bringing up, they have a 19.6 strikeout percentage hitting wise. And that's the lowest in MLB. They strike out less than any other team right now. That's so huge considering what the team was last year. Strikeouts are a great way to kill rallies. And right now this Mets team are thriving on coming through in those rallies. And it's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if you kind of, if, if the Mets fans out there have taken a look at the landscape that is MLB right now, it is a barren offensive landscape. There's not, I think right now it's the lowest batting average run scored. It's historically bad right now, which we kind of anticipated um with the shortened shortened spring training and the rush to get ready guys just didn't have their reps um but our Metsies aren't aren't lacking for offense they look good you know that's that's a testament to many things but it's it's a good sign for us moving forward because we're doing good things and i will say people you know we we discount the diamondbacks we say they're a team that we uh, we should beat um but how about this when i was researching the mets rotation numbers which are also great uh they rank third the mets rotation in era 2.46 Guess what team's in second place? Rotation ERA. Arizona Diamondbacks, 2.40. Ah. Would you believe that? So good for them. They're getting good starting pitching, but the Mets were hitting that starting pitching through those six games. So that's good to see. We got 81 runs on the year. That's third in MLB. So, I mean, the Mets are one of the, like, the very, very few teams right now that are actually hitting like a major league team and doing it as a team effort. So that's really cool to see. And like good for us spectator-wise, I think, too. Uh, you you brought up in, in the outline here before the show, you have a section here that I think is kind of important for us to touch upon before we get to our series preview, and that's assessing the bench. Yeah. Because as good as Robbie Cano looked at home, he hit that opposite field home run. He has not looked good at the plate. And we're still dividing up uh, plate appearances for J.D., who swung the bat really well. He did. Um, this series, He, like I said, Alcantara made a great play for him, but he's squaring things up. Dom looks like he's starting to, to come into his own swing, got out of his own head a little bit, uh, had his first extra base hit, as we talked about. And Robbie Cano. So we have basically Cano has 34 at-bats, um, 6 for 23 from J.D. Davis and 5 for 28 from Donald Smith, not to mention Luis Guillerme sprinkled in like a, you know, five starts, starts here and there. Dude. He's playing a lot. He is. He's playing a lot. And so uh, what do you do here? Because not those guys aren't really excelling in these small pieces. Like I, we talked about previous or before the season in the PPPs, we're worried that these guys are going to 
bleed each other to death of these at bats and nobody's going to thrive. So I'm not sure what the answer is. What do you think, Jolly? So I want, I want to touch on a few things here. One is just a fun tidbit. Uh, since Luis Guillorme shaved his beard, he's five for 11 with a double and three walks. So good for Luis. I mean, he's getting a lot of playing time and he has a great glove at second base. So I don't mind personally when he's in the lineup, as long as we have some other guys in there. Uh, a thing I tweeted about Robinson Cano for those that follow me on Twitter is that I, I thought personally without checking any data that his chases were worse than usual. And I know, like, I'm familiar with Cano as a player. I know that his plate discipline is not one of the weapons that has ever made him a great player. But how about this? Uh, in his career, Robbie Cano's out-of-swing percentage on fan graphs usually hovers around 35%. That's about his career average. It's 34.5. This year is an alarming career high of 48.7%, nearly 50% of chasing pitches out of the zone. I mean, that's that's a bad recipe, one, for a Mets lineup that thrives on on-base percentage. I mentioned uh, uh, their great offensive team, number, team numbers before. They have a 343 on-base percentage, second in MLB. This is a team that scores runs by getting guys on base via walks and singles and just keeping the line moving. And when you have a guy like Robinson Cano in there that's striking out a ton, chasing a lot of pitches out of the zone and not walking, that's kind of a black hole in your lineup. At the same time, Dom's off to a slow start. Dom's 5 for 28. He hasn't hit a home run, has just the one extra base hit, 11 strikeouts for Dom. And I think that he's the kind of guy that you need to give reps to to get him going, to get him back in the swing of things. But if I'm looking at the raw numbers right now, then I think J.D. Davis is deserving of more at-bats at DH. I feel like he's getting the least amount of these three guys, Cano, Smith, and him. And I think that we need to get a larger look at J.D. going forward. I like it, man. There, there's a couple of things that you said there. Uh, one is the is Robbie Cano's chase rate. Um, I probably I don't know how many times I faced him. I think I went. I could probably find that actually. One pitch. I felt like uh, I knew he was going to swing at the first pitch, so I could get him to swing at a fastball if I threw it at his back knee. Yep. Uh, and I got him. I feel like I got him a lot, like on the first pitch, you just put it in play. Um, but he also, you know, could be cheating. He could be extra aggressive because his bat, he feels his bat's a little bit slow. So he's guessing and he commits and he has to get that swing started because it might be a little slow. Uh, and he's just guessing wrong, um, which is when you're guessing, that's that's the kind of the downfall. So I don't know what the what the deal is. You got yeah, you got some information. I mean, with, with Cano, I, I do think it's what you're talking about. I think it is a compensation factor. Cano, I mean, like, it, it feels mean to say, but when I watch him play second base, it's the first time in my viewing career of him that it, it looks like he's old. You know, it looks like the game is getting a little too fast for him. I've always, like, I don't know. He makes second base. He plays second base so much different than anybody else. He's got this, like, everything is so smooth and easy. Like, he doesn't have any knees. He just fields a ground ball and throws it from underneath like I don't I can't really assess his game because he always makes things look like he's moving slow and he just gets he's really good at baseball so I don't know man here's what I'll I'm, say about I'm not Cano. willing to write him off yet but it's yeah. definitely doesn't it hasn't been consistent and then when he swings at some really bad pitches it makes you kind of think about his approach it's frustrating and he's come up in a lot of spots with runners on because he's usually hitting sixth or seventh so that's normally a spot you'd see that kind of thing I will say when Cano is making contact, he is still hitting the ball pretty hard. His hard hit percentage is right now in the 65th percentile of all MLB hitters. That's a good mark. That's like a, that's a good mark. That's like a red-ish circle on baseball savant. But then you look at the chase rate, 
the bottom first percentile. He's one of the worst hitters in the league chasing He's pitches. in the one percentile? One percentile. That's pretty good. That's impressive. You, yeah, you I mean, it. it's impressively ah. bad if you want to say <laughs> <laughs> You made it to the top. Sprint speed, second percentile, among the slowest in MLB. Outs above average. That's your range in the field, fifth percentile. One of the worst range fielders in MLB. These are just things that if you're going to play Cano two of every three games in each set, these things are going to continue to linger and hurt you in the long run. They're not hard stats that you can measure like batting average and things like that, but they contribute to bad at-bats. They contribute to poor fielding and overall bad team defense. Whereas J.D. Davis, I feel like he's gotten the least at-bats of all three. He's the only one with the home run. He's the, he has the most walks of all of them, which I love and which works for the Mets lineup. And I feel like we, there's just this consensus that he can't hit righties, but we saw it yesterday. He hit righties really well. He drew a walk. He hit a home run. He had another hit in there as well. Why not? Give him a shot. See what's up. Well, I mean, here's here's the downfall for J.D., and I agree with you. I feel like J.D. and Dom should split this time however they can. Yeah. But you just can't – J.D. cannot play the field. Like, you can't put him in that. You can't put him in the field. If you do, it's kind of like we have to get somebody a day off here. But Dom can play – and give guys spells. Robbie Cano can play. Luis uh, Guillorme can play some defense. Like he, JD just can't. Yeah. You don't want that liability. Um, and so you're limited. And so unless you lock him in at DH, he's not going to get his at bats. Um, but I don't know. This is why you get Buck. This is why Buck is here. He'll figure this out and he'll answer the questions in front of the media. Why you're doing this. What are you thinking? Um so I'm interested to see how it goes for him. Uh, what's his assessment? I'm sure he's got, this guy is like hyper aware of everything. Yeah. He's got a plan. He's always like playing chess and thinking ahead. So his ideas that he's got, he's, he's got a number, number of at-bats already thought about. He's got an approach and he's, he's evaluating all the time. So I'm interested to see how he goes about it. I feel like I'm learning so much just by watching Buck make moves. Here's a here's an un, another JD stat for you. Uh, in pinch hit at bats, he is one for five with a strikeout as a starter. He's five for eighteen with everything else that's good: the double, the home run, all the walks. So I mean, I mean, I know that Dom had some great pinch hitting numbers last year, and those can fluctuate and stuff like that. But I think it's becoming more clear that if JD can play every day and get back in the swing of things, I think that he'll improve and the results will start popping up because that DH spot. We talked a lot about it in the offseason. I was like, there's a lot of good things that can happen here. And all three of these guys, it feels, it feels like, are just creating a hole in the lineup right now. Yeah, man. And it's interesting, again, how they're going to juggle the DH spot because we've used it to give Pete Alonso a spell. Francisco Lindor, who's crushed, they both have raked from that DH spot. And JD's not going to play short. He's not going to play first base. Um, JD at short would be a trip. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> He's got an absolute cannon of an arm. I know, and dude. It's a shame. So I don't know. Just get him on the bump. Who knows? Let him pitch and and DH for himself. Yeah, I mean the Mets have uh, a couple lefties uh, starters that they're facing in St. Louis coming up. Before we tell you about the probables for that series, I got to tell you about our second sponsor of the episode because, like I said before, Shea Station's popping. We're hot in the streets. In case you didn't know, uh, we also got DraftKings on today's episode. Thank you to them for sponsoring us as well. Baseball fans, it's time to step up to the plate with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take a swing at stacks of green with DraftKings, fa- uh, with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Baseball Contests. 
New customers can play free for thousands in prizes with their first deposit. Pick a lineup of two pitchers and eight batters while staying under the salary cap and rack up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. Probably pick your Mets because they're playing well. 12 wins, most wins in baseball, no big deal. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOMBOY. Bet just $5 and win $200 in free bets if your team wins their game. That's promo code JOMBOY at DraftKings Sportsbook today. Bam. All right. Two ad reads in one episode. I'm tired, man. You crushed it. I'm gassed. Uh, before we get into uh, I, before we get into the series problems, I just want to take us around NL East really quick because oh, go for it. A lot of other teams are kind of stinking it up right now. I don't know what's going on with our Braves and our Phillies and even our Marlins a little bit, but uh, we're playing down a competition a little bit. The Phillies had the Sunday night baseball game yesterday. I don't know if you caught any of that. Uh, I did not. Angel Hernandez put on a show. So I oh, definitely... I did see Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, that was awesome. I'm sure you saw that. You get him, like he he just was like all game. He's just been watching Angel Hernandez be terrible behind the plate. And then he gets punched out on a like it's a good pitch. It's fine. Josh Hader, it was a ball. Yeah, it's a ball. And he just he was like, I have had enough. The bat slam, like he <laughs> battled Josh Hader there. I just loved it because he's like, this is ridiculous. All night you've been here. The balls are there. Your strike zone's up to my eyeballs and it's down in a way. Like he was just like, I've had enough. That's brutal. Like, I'm like, you're in the ninth. So, you know, the game's about to end one way or the other. So it's like, all right, I'm going to unleash all the steam that's been building up. And like, you can see if you zoom in on Hater's face as he walks away, there's like a little smirk because he knows he threw a ball and he got away with it. It's really funny. He also, you can hear the bat slam. And so he's like, ooh. <laughs> I remember I heard, uh, I struck out Joey Votto and Joey Votto was walking off. I think I know this clip. And he broke the bat yep. over his knee. And I was just like, ooh, I like that sound. What happened over there? Or Did like, I would do you that? punch a guy Oops. out? <laughs> And then you hear like the bat slam into the bat rack and the helmet get thrown down. That's when I was like, yeah, I got you, dude. Sorry, bro. You're so mad at yourself (laughs) because I got you out. I love it so much. So I'm sure that was epic to watch. But they, every, like our whole division is just. Yeah, I mean. the, the, The World Series hangover is real. It's real. Yep. And especially like, again, Matt Olson is a great player, probably a great, you know, gonna be an amazing Atlanta Brave for his next eight years or whatever. Um, but they're missing Freddie Freeman, who would be keeping everybody kind of focused on it. They're missing him. Uh, it's it's a fact. He's been yeah. the guy. Um, so they're, that hangover is a little bit. They, they haven't been pitching quite as well as they, they were expecting to, and you can tell. Yeah, I mean, that that is an element you can't really measure, obviously. Like inside the clubhouse, we'll never really know what things are like right now, but the Braves are 7-10. and 10. They lost 2 of 3 to the Marlins, who are pitching really well, as we mostly expected. The Phillies dropped 2 of 3 to the Brewers. They fall to 6-10. and 10. They're, la- uh, they're second to last in the NL East right now. Nationals, we didn't expect much from them this year. They get swept from the Giants. Uh, next up, the Phillies are hosting those Rockies that they lost a set to. They're hosting them in Philadelphia for four games. The Braves host the Cubs for three, and the Marlins and Nats play three uh, in Miami. So that's what we look forward to in the NL East. The Mets have the most daunting matchup of anyone here, though, and that is the 9-5 and five St. Louis Cardinals who are playing a pretty good brand of baseball right now. Shocker. Yeah, so these are these are good matchups. We're going to face uh, on Game 3, the, the last day of the road trip, we're going to see old Steven Matz. Oh, yeah. Who's been pitching his butt off. Um, but we got Game 1, Max Scherzer versus Miles Michaelis. Uh, 
Michaelis? Michaelis, right? I always get it wrong, and then comments always yell at me, so I'm not even going to try. I'm going to leave it to I'm, you. I think it's Michaelis because I want to say Michaelis in my head, so I'm usually wrong, so I go against my own instincts. Like that rush. <laughs> uh, no, but he's been dominating. Of course, Max Scherzer looks like he's stepped into form, uh, his ace form. He's transcended. He's become the, the butterfly. Uh, so that's a great matchup. This lineup is good. So game two, then you got Chris Bassett, who's – been doing great things. And then you have Jordan Hicks, who is the 104 mile an hour thrower that they've decided to move into the rotation um, with his just nasty stuff. I've seen this fail numerous times when they move a guy from the bullpen back to the rotation. I've seen it. Seth Lugo. Seth Lugo, Gazelman. Uh, you know, you think about days where Daniel Bard and and there's just guys that just didn't work out. Alexio Gondo with the, with yeah. the, Rangers really good rookie year for him um it happens a lot so it's tough Aroldis Chapman said no thanks I'll stay in the in the bullpen he's just seen it work uh but Jordan Hicks seems okay with it so far he's also injury prone so coming off injuries and stuff so uh interesting so that's game two Bassett versus Hicks that's going to be electric and then game three is Cookie Carrasco who is been just one of the many bright spots for the Mets but he's just dominating Looks incredible against old friend Steven Matz, who had a, a rough start, but I think two good ones. Yeah, he bounced back after a pretty rough first start with St. Louis. I'd definitely go ahead and circle game three as the game that you want to watch here. Uh, one, Steven Matz versus old team for just the second time ever. He had a good start against us last year with the Blue Jays, five and two-thirds, one earned run. But Cookie, statistically, is the best pitcher in the Mets rotation right now, if we really want to talk about it. And it puts a giant smile on my face because I love Cookie Carrasco. He also has some good numbers against Cardinals hitters. We are uh, their their lineup is great. They're going to play good baseball. Uh, I wanted to bring up old. Uh, you think Stevie Cohen's going to be watching Steven Matz and just like angry the whole time because he came out firing with uh, free agency. If this 2022 Mets season goes the way that we all hope it does, the catalyst for everything that is happening right now is Steven Matz's agent ghosting Steve Cohen, signing with the Cardinals, and then us responding by signing the flurry of players that we did. And maybe there is a universe where we end up with Steven Matz. We get some other guys and we don't end up with Max Scherzer. And uh, I think that Mets team is a whole lot worse. I'm just going to say it. was pretty wild. Uh, it's the most unprofessional thing he's ever seen. That was funny. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, how Matz's agent handled like, Steve Cohen. <laughs> was it hyperbole? I have no idea. But like, I feel like Steve Cohen wouldn't tweet it for no reason, right? Like he had to have I done don't know. something. I don't, I don't think so either. He just was angry and I loved it. I was, he's like, you know, how dare you? It's hard to remember now, but this off season was, did not start great for the Mets at all. We couldn't get, hire a GM and then we couldn't sign anybody. Like people just kept slipping out from under our noses. It's uh, so many news cycles ago. People forget, but it, the, I, what I love is the Mets never settled. Yep. They were they were being forced to. Everybody's like, oh, they lose out on this. But I can't. They kept leaking who they were interviewing. Yeah, which and is that was the problem. <laughs> which is, what are you guys doing? You're just like, well, they didn't hire another person and another person. They're just, you don't need to do that. That's behind the scenes stuff that we don't need to see. You know what I mean? And so now we we're looking pretty good. You know, obviously we've had a soft schedule to start the year. It's been soft. Somewhat. I still think, you know, winning a series against the Phillies and Giants, those are things to be proud of. Yes, yes. But, uh, but on Nationals, the whole, D-backs twice. Yeah, I get it. Yes, Nationals and D-backs twice out of, out of what is it? How many series we got? Five. So we've won all five. five. Series two of them have been against formidable teams. 
Yes, two of the five. Yeah. So that's here's number that's, three. Yeah. So we're coming. We're facing a good uh, team expecting to contend in in the central, and they're good. They got Nolan Arenado, Goldschmidt. Yeah, I was about to bring up Nolan Arenado. Uh, league leading 727 slugging percentage, 228 OPS plus, already five home runs on the year, and he has good numbers against pretty much every Mets starter. So he is going to be the tough out to get. Tommy Edmonds also been a thorn for a lot of teams, and he has he's a four for nine with a home run against Max Scherzer, which is I like Tommy. Edmund. I like Tommy Edmond too. I, I like his style of play. He's different. He doesn't look like your prototypical ball player that, that does things. Like he just, you know, oh, well, Tyler O'Neill's over there in left field. Just, he's, been, just, he's been okay so far. Kind of quiet. Yeah, but uh, we we saw what he can do last year uh, with all those muscles that he has on top of his muscles. We saw him crush a ball of Fama. That was uh, unfortunate. Yeah, Off he hit like field. 29 home runs in two months, I think. Yeah, something crazy. Yeah, he that was wild. But they they're they're a good team. This should be a good series. Um, again, we have the the three games left before the off day. Then the Mets start a homestand. So this is a this is a good one. This is another test. We talked about it with the Giants and the Phillies. Uh, this is the this is a real one against a team that's they're not going to make little mistakes like Arizona made and throwing balls away. They've got Yadi Molina, Nolan Arenado. They got a great defense. Um, so this should be a battle of of veteran style teams that that's they're just gonna it should be a battle it'll be a fun one to watch the Mets have uh five games left in April so two more series with the Cardinals and Phillies if you can just go three and three in those two sets and you finish your first seven sets with a record of what 15 and eight I think you're a very happy and satisfied Mets fan going into May that's what I'll say hey I'm I'm a happy Mets fan in general uh, the, with just overall health of the team, the way they've looked, um, the guys that you wanted and needed to kind of step up have they haven't done, gone crazy. But that's the best part is because everybody's just kind of chipping in. Everybody's doing their part, carrying you know carrying the load. That uh, we've you've said it fifteen times today already. Next 16, man up, actually. man, from 16. the rotation to the lineup. Next man up is the theme for this team. They say it in the post game all the time. I don't know if it's on purpose yet, but next man up has been been the theme for this for this Mets team, and it's a it's a wonderful thing because at some point Pete Alonso is going to get hot and he's going to hit 10, 15 homers in a month. Yep. Um, you know, Lindor is going to do his thing. Marte is going to start going off. We have so many pieces, Escobar, that can just go off at any moment and carry a team, and we haven't had to do that. And we're twelve and five again. Soft schedule. But twelve and five—that's what you want. You can't complain. You know, when you're winning, you can't make you can't you can't complain while you're winning. So yeah, man, just keep beating the teams you should beat and try and win every series. That's the real goal here. I think this is a probably the best team we faced so far. I do think those Giants were definitely scary. We took three or four from them, but in terms of playing well in 2022, this Cardinal team pitches insanely well, and they have two insanely hot hitters in their lineup right now, plus Goldschmidt, plus O'Neill, who haven't really come alive yet. So, I mean, the Mets pitching is going to get tested this series. The rotation ranks are amazing in MLB right now. Second in strikeout percentage, second in walk percentage, first in batting average against. You're facing a potent lineup with these Cardinals. Yeah, we also, you talked about, um, we barely touched it. I just want to touch it again before we we sign off here. Um, from what I was reading and hearing, Taiwan Walker might be his next start might be with the Mets. It might be against Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. It might be at home against Philly 
So he's not going to be stretched out. It'll be interesting because Peterson did great. He looked awesome in, 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 in his stint. He's already been optioned down, so he can't come back without injury. Yep. Um, so it looks like Tywin Walker is going to be making his next turn in the rotation in the big leagues um, limited. So with that off day, that'll help guys get a day of rest moving in. But um, yeah, man, it looks like we're about to get to be whole minus Jacob deGrom in the rotation. And we've already established that they've been great. I do think that Taiwan's leash might be tight because of how good Peterson looked, of how solid he looked. And then also deGrom's getting his MRI today. So right now we don't know much, but by the time this episode drops, we may know more. Double fingers crossed. Double just, fingers crossed. You know, keep it going. That would be wonderful. I just, as a baseball fan, I just want to see Jacob DeGrom. I think most people are with you. Mets yeah. fans, regardless, people want to see DeGrom pitch. Yeah. All right, man. I think All right, buddy. It. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I get to do more, oh another show after this. So I'm going to get you. I should have got you a walker instead of those, uh, those flowers. Like cane. Yeah, I need it, dude. I'm sore in my knees. No, you get the ones with the tennis balls on the front. I'm that bad already? That's a, Audio Jack's nodding profusely. So I think See, he, he, he gets it. Yeah, he's seen <laughs> you move around. Guys, thank you for listening to the latest Shea Station. We will be back on Thursday to recap the Cardinals set and preview the Phillies set. Let's go Mets. 12 wins. Best in baseball. Hell yeah. LG. Let's go Mets. Happy birthday, Jolly. Like it.